You're listening to the New Beginnings Chiropractic and Life Coaching Podcast with Dr. John Baker, where we are dedicated to serving corrective care chiropractors, their staff, and mankind with multiple layers of excellent service, knowledge, and love as we continually inspire some of the happiest, most prosperous people in healthcare on our planet. This topic today... July 21st, 2021, so 7-21-21, is a bit of a recap of pretty much everything we've done for the last 21 years and a bit of the update of what we've advanced to. So how about this? Today we talk about being a highly effective, concerned and connected doctor. See, thinking back to Fred Barge, we might even put Dash Doctor. You know, Fred Barge wrote an amazing book, and and the late Fred Barge and and his daughter, the late Amy, Dr. Amy Barge, was a classmate of mine, so there was a lot of connection there. But his book, Are You the Doctor, Doctor, is, is, wow. I mean, I think instead of a diploma, every DC should get that. And I have to tell you, CAs, you need to know everything the doctor's doing because that way you can help him or her do it better by understanding what's happening. And so when I think about being in a highly effective, concerned and connected doctor, I really think about the daily visit. You know, in the daily visit, the ideal situation would be to never talk about yourself or mention yourself. It'd be only to talk about what would, you know, if you want to have a overall topic, what would allow you to serve more people, work less hours, make more money, have more fun, subcategory on the daily visit would be helping the human being in front of you suffer less. And that's a lot of things. That could be adjusting. It could be adjusting above the atlas. You know, sometimes our patients need a little help in that area. It could be nutritional advice. It could be exercise advice. It could be come to the orientation again, even though you've been there four times in the last year. In other words, make it all about the human being in front of you. You know, we know very well at New Beginnings that every visit should have six components. We know number one and six should always be one and six. We know two, three, four easily follows one, but it also follows five. So it can be one, two, three, four, five, six, or it could be one, five, two, three, four, six. And number one is we always want to recognize, appreciate, and approve of the person in front of us. If we've been studying diligently and acting upon what we're studying, I'll bet you nobody's walking into the adjusting room anymore saying, I'm glad to see you. I'm and you. That's one-to-one. Bad numbers. And the worst thing, I think the worst thing you could say besides get the hell out of here would be, how are you doing? How are you? Like, I don't even know how to say it. How are you doing? I, I just think as a doctor, you should know that. I don't think a CA or a doctor in a chiropractic office should ever ask the patient how they're doing because one, the CA is not qualified to diagnose, differential diagnose, and render care. But yet, probably as much healing takes place because of the amazing CAs at New Beginnings as does for the DCs because they're doing their job. So remember, part one, recognize, appreciate, approve. Part two, palpate or instrument. And if you're going to instrument, when you find the spot, pull the instrument away and touch it with your hand like a palpatory touch, not just a poke, and say, there it is. That's what you need adjusted today. See, 
palpate and or instrumentation, follow that with adjustment or not. I mean, sometimes they're clear and they don't need to be adjusted. Follow that with repalpating or re-instrumentation with the touch and state the result, results. I can promise you this, and I was guilty of it for years till I figured it out. When people stopped coming to my clinic, I never ever would adjust, hear an audible or whatever I'm gonna hear to see, taste, touch, and feel and go, excellent. It's you're training the patient, especially those of you that do adjustments that are um, create audibles or osseous movements. If I go, excellent, I'm training the patient that that loud noise and that big move was what we were doing. And it really, my opinion, isn't. But when I make that adjustment and then I repalpate, you know, a couple seconds later and go, excellent, that's exactly what we needed, Mary. See, and how could we do that better? Excellent, that's exactly what you needed today, Mary. Always turning it more towards the patient in front of you, right? So please never make the excellent, or that was awesome, especially you folks that are instrumenting without palpating. You're, you know, you're literally saying the instrument means nothing because I already said excellent. So why am I instrumenting? Why am I repalpating? You have to think about five layers deep to realize when I was adjusting and I'd get that big osseous release and I go, excellent, that's exactly what you needed, Joe. Then my associate comes in and adjusts the next day when I'm gone and maybe it feels different. Maybe there's no osseous release. Maybe there's a bigger one. Maybe there's none. And the doctor says, excellent. The patient's really confused. They're literally saying, yesterday one doctor adjusted me and it made this big move. And he said, excellent, today you're doing something, I don't know what you're doing, but you're not doing what he did, and you're saying, excellent, you're a scam. But people usually won't tell you that, they just won't come back. So we've got to validate what we're doing for the patient's sake. You know, you say, you know, you slightly knee me in the ribs and do that perfect knee chest adjustment, and then say, excellent, really, why are you rescanning re me then? Why? And I'm not here to debate you, and I'm sure as heck not here to teach you technique, but if you're going to say excellent, hold off just a little bit till you rescan. And then when you rescan, touch that neck like in a palpatory way and say, that's exactly what you needed, John. Excellent. And then the referral statement. The referral statement is, it's, to me, it's just as mandatory as the adjustment. If I palpate you and I know you need an, an adjustment, and I say, excellent, you're good today. That's the same to me as not making a referral statement. Now, the one thing I'd share with you about referral statements, they don't always have to be in your face, save a life. Sometimes you're just planting a seed. Sometimes you're just planting a seed. I remember a lady and his, the husband's words were this, I've been trying to get her in here for six years. I think she'll die before she comes here. And I remember saying, I sure hope not, but you're probably right. And then a week, he was on maintenance, obviously, at six years. And a week later, he came in, and his wife happened to be a 42-year-old barrel racer, which is, you know, an equestrian who races around barrels in the rodeo circuit, and she was actually a pro. And I said to him, and this was incidental, this is how I figured it out. I said to him, you're not going to believe what happened yesterday. And he said, what? And I said, a rodeo uh, barrel racer 
and I hear she's in the top 10 in the nation, came all the way down uh, from, uh, it's Redding, from Redding, California. I guess it's a couple hour drive, like three hour drive to get checked. And what was happening is, is every time she'd go to accelerate her horse when she was kicking, she'd have a little spillage. She'd, she'd, you know, she'd wet her pants a little. And the chiropractor up there, and, and you know, it's sort of classical. He's a great guy. But he said, you know, I worked on her for six weeks and nothing's changed. She's 40-something years old. She's been falling off horses for 40-something years. It wasn't uncommon when she came down to me that I said, I'm sure Dr. So-and-so has done an amazing job, but looking at his x-rays, looking at the new ones we took yesterday, you're, you're, you've been injured like repeatedly over and over and over for probably since the first time you fell off a horse. And yesterday you told me you fell off your first horse at two because I remember going home and telling my wife who's an equestrian and she said the same thing. Her first crash was at two. Who in the heck puts a kid on a horse at two? People who know what they're doing, not people like me who don't. Long story short, I'm telling this patient, this is my referral statement. This lady comes in and, and you know, within three months, within three months, and she probably needs nine months of care, she stopped wetting the saddle. Isn't it interesting that about a week later, his wife, the other equestrian, made an appointment? See, and you might say, well, you didn't even direct it towards her, didn't I? See, if you want to be a highly effective, concerned, and connected doctor, doctor, you have to follow the process. And visits, I mean, uh, part six is always directing to the next appointment. And no news, whether sports, politics, or religion talks ever that aren't converted into loving and serving financial, uh, financial referral statements. See? It's just like bonding. Bonding isn't saying, hello, I like you. Hello, you're awesome. You know, you can actually win patients' confidence in the first interaction, even before starting the formal history. First impression is extremely crucial and instrumental for building doctor-patient relationship. The major determining factor for this first impression is not what the doctor says, but how she or he says it. Think about this. Respect the patient's confidentiality and maintain their privacy. Patients should not be made to state their reason for their visit when other people are present. That's why we take histories behind closed doors. Be the first one to greet the patient. Well, in my office, my CAs were so much better than me. That was hard. But I'd always try to beat Candace to greet the patient, which was impossible. It'd be like me trying to outrun Marqueda on an 800-yard sprint. Not happening unless I'm on my motorcycle, right? Be prepared to know the patient's name. It's bizarre for me when I hear a recording where the doctor walks in and goes, um, um, Oh, there it is. So you're John. Wow. Talk about flying from the seat of your pants. See? Address the patient by his or her name whenever required. Don't fumble for name after the patient's in the room. You know, it, 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 you, you, you can be better than that. Let's just say that. Establish eye contact and maintain it regularly. You know, put the patient at ease. When a patient says to me, it's not really that bad, I'm right on it. Thank goodness your husband referred you here before it got that bad. And then I'm going to bond in deeper. Do you realize he's been fighting that issue with his low back since college? And when he came in here three months ago, I do think he was 58. 
And that's probably 40 years. See? It's so important that we understand that the consultation is really our opportunity to understand the patient's problems. No, a little bit, but mainly the psychosocial bearing it has on that patient. Simply writing down what you know they told you has little or no value. It is actually a waste of time, energy, unless and until it's adequately honored by the patients. They'll never care how much you know until they know how much you care. See, pay attention to both verbal and nonverbal cues. Have you ever seen someone look at you saying a yes question and their head's going left and right, which means a no body expression? That's telling you there's confusion. See, I always pay attention to both verbal and nonverbal cues from the patient. And then I explore whenever there's any discrepancy by the two. See, the doctors, CAs, we have to be incredibly alert about the patient's verbal and nonverbal cues, but we have to be incredibly alert of ours. Have you ever looked at somebody sort of pouring out something that's important and they look like they're just not listening? You instantly don't even want to be there. Well, what do you think happens when the patient goes, that's great information, doc. I'm going to go home and think about it. They picked up on your verbal or, or nonverbal cues that you're not that interested. So here's a keynote. Be more interested, see? Be more interested. We always want to provide information on what the patient wants to know. But the real key is to promptly respond and find out how it's affecting them. See, when Mary comes in, I'm not treating Mary's neck pain or headaches. I'm serving Mary. And if I serve Mary and her adjustments allow her body to do its right, Mary's body will fix or change or alter or improve the neck pain and headaches. It's not me. See, we want to really, really get that. We want to really, really get that. Think during consultations and reports of the word class. C, context or setting. L, listening. A, acknowledging emotions. S, strategy. S, summary. Think of class. For class, I think of this, physical space. Well, the consultation and report of finding room is set up exactly the way we set it up for a reason. They're sitting in the chair closest to the doctor. There's another chair there for their significant other. The doctor's not behind a desk. The doctor's not right in front of them. The doctor's canted off to the side. They're staring at a bookcase full of books on healthcare. <laughs> They're staring at a wall full of diplomas. They're watching a very nice flat screen TV that introduced them to what's happening. And then you walk in. Your physical space is so, so, so important. Your body language is in that too. You know, if you see somebody that's scared and you lean into them, they will back up. When I see somebody scared, I back up so they don't have to. And I work with them, see? Then you get to listening skills. Ask open-ended questions about them, not the symptom, see? How do you even manage with this going on? How does this affect your life? See, when you're talking about listening, 
Allow the patients to speak without interrupting them. See, if you say, well, gosh, they just go on and on and on, you're looking in a mirror. You're, you're getting exactly what you're giving. See, clarify. I clarify all the time. So, Jeff, if I understand you correctly, you're saying that this pain, you've been able to tolerate it for five years, and for the 10 years before that, it was off and on. It wasn't that bad. So it's definitely getting worse. See, if you miss that, it's definitely getting worse. They think this is normal. See, they think it's normal. A, remember we're on the word class. Acknowledge emotions. Explore, identify, and respond to the emotion. See? See? I look at people and I, I sometimes set my clipboard down and I go, Mary, that must be terrible when that's happening at work. Mary, most people with your amount of pain would be, wouldn't be upright and doing what you're doing. I applaud you. See? You don't have to have the same feelings as the patient, but it helps to be empathetic. You don't have to agree with the patient's feelings, but it helps to be empathetic. Think about that. C, the, I mean S, the first S, right? Strategy, propose a plan that the patient will understand. That's why the New Beginnings letter Z is so important. See? That's why at the end of the consultation, we tell them everything we're going to do. We don't ask. And I know some of you that don't get it go, well, I would never do without asking. That's why you're not helping as many people as you could. See, if I say, would it be okay for us to go into the exam room now? And would it be okay to take x-rays? I think that's going to lead to, well, um, what's it going to cost? And because I don't have people ask what it costs hardly ever, it's because I'm so concerned, I'm so connected that when I direct, it's a logical sequence of events that next we're going to go into the exam room. We're going to take you through a thorough re-exam, uh, excuse me, a thorough examination based on what you just shared. We're going to take specific specialty stand-up weight-bearing x-rays based on what you just shared. Then we're going to send you home. This afternoon, we'll develop, study, and analyze the history of the exam and the films. We'll have you back tomorrow. In fact, tomorrow when you come back, plan on a full hour. That way, if... Well, first of all, that way we can show you your x-rays and answer all your questions. But definitely schedule it so Tom is here. That way, if we can accept you for care and you accept us to give you that care, he'll be able to see what you've been going through and help us take care of you in your recovery. See, have your strategy crystal clear. A great presentation leaves no questions. See? And then a summary. You know, a summary is just completing the process. I summarize the discussion in a clear and concise manner. I check the patient's understanding. See? If the patient's, if I say to him, what does that mean to you? It means I'm going to be pain-free in a month. I'm sorry, Dave. That's not at all what I meant to say. I've got to get better at this. And I revisit the letter Z. Dave, it's probably been 41 to 46 years since the initial injury that caused all the decay in your low back, which is causing your legs not to function, your bladder not control not to function, right? Your sexual function not to function. It's taken 40 years. It's easily going to take us probably 12 to 14 months just to get you to maintenance where, where you're 
you know, the most important thing that we can do for you. So class, remember that word class, and it's pretty good because I'm dealing with a classy group of doctors, but when I think of class, I think of context or setting, I think of listening skills, I think of acknowledging emotions, I think of the strategy, and I think of the summary. All right, if that helps you help them, it was all worth it. If that doesn't, I'm gonna keep getting better and better and better and better and better because you're worth it and they're worth it. Baker out. Thank you for listening to the New Beginnings Podcast. To learn more about New Beginnings and our three levels of coaching, head to our website at chiropracticlifecoaching.com. While you're there, be sure to grab our free PDF titled Directional Communication, where we'll give you simple, step-by-step instructions that you can implement this week in your office to improve your doctor-patient communication so your patients will get the message and gladly pay for care. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Get ready to serve more people, work less hours, make more money, and have more fun.